HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Chaba Perivan, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family-owned and operate distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 tequila imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old-world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Welcome to HRN on Tour at the 2022 Food and Wine Classic in Aspen. I am Christine Sykes Lowe, and today I am joined by Eliza Voss. Vice President of Destination Marketing at the Aspen Chamber Resort Association, or ACRA for short, part of the entity that produces many aspects of the event this weekend. 
Hello. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. So this is a busy weekend for basically everybody that lives here in Aspen, it feels like. It sure is. I mean, from tourism to uh, the marketing and uh, just people who actually just make it all happen. It's just a, an enormous um, tourism boost. So how, how? tell me a little bit more about your organization, ACRA. How is it comprised and your exact role in the Food and Wine Classic? Sure. So we are a 501c6 organization. It's a hybrid chamber of commerce and a destination marketing organization. So the chamber of commerce side is traditional chamber of commerce funded by member businesses. And then the destination marketing side is funded by a 1.5 of a 2% lodging tax, which is paid by anybody who stays in town um, with the initiative to kind of manage and market to um, tourism. And uh, what was the beginning role of getting everybody involved in this event? So this event was actually started by locals, Gary Plumley, who owned Grape and Grain, um, the wine shop over which still exists today, um, and two locals from Snowmass as well, um, Bob and Ruth Kevin of the Shea Grand Mare and Snowmass. Um, so it started with about 300 attendees. At its peak, Food and Wine has now about 5,000 attendees, so it's grown significantly, but it was started by locals. Mm -hmm. um, and ACRA's involvement through the years has been the event management partner. Um, so we're providing on-the-ground services to Food and Wine magazine um, and kind of liaising with the local businesses, um, municipal governments, etc. I see. And um, am I correct in its 39th year? Is that correct? Sorry, 39th. 39th. Yes. 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 That's incredible. That it, it, and, and, you know, I, I feel like that gives um, a lot of hope and um, kind of a, a history of what can be done with some people in an idea and everybody kind of chipping in and, and doing their part. Absolutely. So um, how have you seen it transform through the years? It's changed, you know, in, in what is presented to the public has kind of slowly evolved. For example, this year, just the setup of the grand tasting and the seminars are pushed a little bit later. There used to be three seminars per day. Now there's two and the grand tasting times are just a little bit different. Um, but it has kind of probably since the mid 90s been solidly the premier food and wine culinary event in the country. Yes. And um, just like everyone else, it uh, has been affected by COVID, just like everyone. So what were some of the measures you all took to kind of stay within line since we are, you know, we're at the tail end, but it's still there. Yes. Yeah. So um, in 2020, the event was completely postponed into 2021. It has almost always been in a June date. In 2021, the date was pushed from June to September. Um, I think that was just to allow for some more vaccine rollout, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so the capacity in the September 2021 event was cut in half. Um, and that was just, you know, the probably most noticeable measure um, for COVID. And then, of course, the sides of the tents were open and there were some other kind of tactile measures to right. take place. And then even coming into this year, we are still not back at the 5,000 capacity. I think they're probably about 70 or 75% capacity. Yes. And that is also um, kind of 
to acknowledge that COVID, yes, is yeah. still here. It's very much still here. Um, I was, I had the opportunity to actually uh, spend a little bit more time today in the tasting tents area, and it was, it was nice and spread out and um, lovely um, in the middle of a park, actually. Yes. Yeah. So that's really great. Is there anything programming-wise um, as you're running around doing your thing that you uh, are interested in taking part in this weekend, or that you've um, maybe hasn't been here before and you want to try it out. You know what's always fun? Being based in Aspen, there's also just like incredible foodie and wine talent that um, has come through here or had been based out of here. So I feel like we have some hometown heroes amongst us. So um, Sabato Sagaria, who used to be the master sommelier at the Little Noel Hotel, is back in town to do some of the seminars for food and wine. And he has, you know, his role has evolved. But it's always fun to see somebody that you kind of knew um, maybe at the beginning of their career yes. um, who was based locally and, you know, gets that direct connection with Aspen and the community, but they're here kind of as a foodie superstar. So that's pretty fun. And I've heard this about this infamous um, wine cellar at the Little Nell. Oh, yes. So do you know anything about it personally? How many bottles they have or the history? I have not had the pleasure of getting invited in there. So <laughs> I've seen photos <laughs> yes, of it. exactly. It's kind of like the, uh, the Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> someplace you want to go. Um, well, maybe someday, right? Yes. <laughs> it's good to have goals. So the saying, so I've heard, um, is that you come for the winter, but you stay for the summer. This particular event is proof of how wonderful it is to visit in the summer. But what are some of the other things visitors can enjoy in the area apart from skiing? Obviously, you know, you're in the mountains, there's hiking, but um, what are some of the things people are drawn to when they come here in the summertime? Yeah, I think the, um, the proximity of the downtown core to just some of the outdoor amenities like mountain biking or hiking or even just walking, there's a plethora of trails the, in the, the area. There were three. I was looking at the map and there were literally, I think, three or four really good trails just on the, literally on the corners of the town. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I think people come here and um, they get to stay in a really lovely, you know, town almost small city feel, mm -hmm. um, but then they have such abundance of outdoor recreational opportunities at their fingertips, complemented by there's an incredible arts and culture scene here, um, which is, I think, probably what puts Aspen apart from other mountain destinations. It's mm -hmm. not just the outdoor recreation. It's There's a ton of cultural opportunities, whether it's the Aspen Art Museum or the Aspen Institute. Um, we call it Opera Ski for the Mind. So you can get out there for a hike, and then you can go over to the Aspen, the Aspen Music Festival and school music tent and just listen on the lawn. Um, so I think it's that kind of culmination of all of that wonderful opportunity to be outside, but also to enrich your um, mind. And that is really what the modern day founders of Aspen used to call the Aspen idea, which is that idea of the mind, body, spirit coming together and flourishing in Aspen. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually um, really excited about an event tomorrow, uh, the Juneteenth event with Kwame. And I... Um, I'm curious about the Aspen Institute. It's actually held where the grounds are there. Can you tell me anything about the history there? 
Yeah, it's a beautiful space. It's actually designed by Herbert Bayer, who was an architect of the Bauhaus, um, which, you know, following World, or probably at the beginning of World War II, many of the Bauhaus architects emigrated from Germany to other parts of the world. And we were lucky that he crossed paths with Walter and Elizabeth Pepke, who brought him to Aspen to kind of help him design Aspen, um, but that campus, the Aspen Institute campus, is very much influenced by Herbert Bayer, the architecture, and then also just like the landscape architecture is all designed, you know, by Herbert Bayer and has that really um, organic feel to it. And it's a large, it's a large acreage. It is. How many? I think it may be the widest part of the this part of the valley. Um, because Maybe even really 800 beautiful. acres yeah, or something. Yeah, it's really I mean, spectacular. It's well, I look forward to checking it out. I'm going to maybe explore and wander a little bit because I've been known to do that. Um, but I'm, I would definitely, um, I want to find out what that, what that is all about. So what are some of the other events on the, I know um, this this is the premier event for food and wine. Um, and and speaking to your, your point about what Aspen has to offer as a town, you said arts and culture, obviously just the, um, the walkability footprint of it between all the restaurants and the cocktail bars and the coffee houses. And I mean, it's, it's really quite nice. I mean, you, you really don't have to go far and you're right in the middle of something you want to be in the middle of. So yeah. um, what are some of the other events and projects that uh, ACRA is involved in throughout the year? So we are actively promoting all of the Aspen arts and cultural institutions. So, um, for example, the Aspen Music Festival and School has over 300 live music events throughout the summer. Um, that's spectacular. And then we have um, partnered this year as a fun event to bring back the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, who was sidelined because of COVID. They're bringing back an event to Wagner Park, which is where the Food and Wine Classic is taking place right now. And that's called bloom and it's going to be active dancers on tilt stilts oh i mean it it looks very cool um so we're going to sponsor that event and kind of that's as like a thank you to the community for sticking through with covid um and then you know throughout the summer there's just theater aspen has amazing broadway quality productions on the side of the river um aspen words Aspen Institute, there's just so much going on. It's almost overwhelming now that we're coming out of COVID. Everybody has all their programming back on and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get to everything that I missed so much? And I, and I think everybody sort of has that, like we're just coming out of the tunnel, sort of blinking our eyes going, okay, so I used to do this. So is this what we used to do before, a couple years ago? Um, yeah. And, and it's, and it's a great place to be. I yes. mean, finally, you know, all these industries are being able to um, come back slowly, but surely and, you know, hire and bring people in and it's yeah. a great thing. Um, so how can people follow you all if, if there's someone out there listening saying, I've never been to Aspen, I've always been curious about it, what sets it apart now they've heard it, how can they follow the events and maybe plan their trip? Yeah, so on social, we're at Aspen Co, CO for Colorado, and then our website is www.aspenchamber.org. And I have one last question for sure. you. You're, you're a resident, you live here, you have a family. What are some of your personal favorite things to do, restaurants and 
My favorite restaurant is probably the Wild Fig. That's where we would go for a date night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meat and cheese is just absolutely awesome. I went awesome. there last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah. place is phenomenal. It's really yeah. great. Um, Wendy is the owner there, and she does such a wonderful job of you know, hiring local people, but also showcasing local flavors and selling the market half of that business you probably yeah, saw. Yeah, the, the setup, the um, the structure of it was very interesting, and I loved their presentation. It was just very casual, but still a little elegant exactly. and uh, very rustic. Yeah, I would highly recommend it as yeah. well. Well, thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to HRN's coverage of the 2022 Food & Wine Classic in Aspen. You can listen to all of our coverage on our podcast, HRN on Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.